Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's special cross-show edition of the Believe in Bengals and Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. And we've got Monday Night Football between the Eagles and the Cowboys. Week three of the NFL season is wrapping up tonight. I'll take the Cowboys at home, minus three and a half. But if you want to place a bet on the action, bet online is the place to do it. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. They've got football, basketball, boxing, and right now some of the favorite Vegas casino games. So you want to take advantage of all the amazing offers that Bet Online has for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome to a special cross show edition of the Believe in Bengals and Believe in Steelers podcast. I'm the Believe in Steelers host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two time Super Bowl champion and 12 year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor, and also the host of the Believe in Bengals show, two former NFL veterans, Solomon Wilcox and Adam Pacman Jones. Fellas, I'm really excited to chop it up. On this Monday, after what was a 24 to 10 fiasco from my standpoint, Ike and I are licking our wounds this morning. And Solomon, I want to start with you. What was your big takeaway from Sunday's game? You know, the big takeaway is coming into the game. I I thought that the Pittsburgh Steelers were sort of like that wounded lion coming into this game. I felt like the breastplate was laid bare, but I didn't know if the Bengals could puncture um, and, and, and really uh, land that death blow, if you will. So many times they've gone out to play in Pittsburgh and come out a loser. And even though Ben is not 100%, TJ Watt is out of the game. Juju was knocked out of the game. We know Deontay Johnson wasn't able to play. Tyson, the Lua, Lua. There were so many guys for the Steelers who were out. I thought the Steelers were vulnerable. And I didn't think the Bengals would be able to take advantage of it, but they were. And they used Joe Mixon to a T. I thought Jamar Chase was phenomenal. And how about Joe Burrow? I thought he played um, a very courageous game. He clearly is playing on one leg, but he was able to make enough plays to get out of there. And when you can break the Pittsburgh Steelers streak, 75 straight games with a sack, and you don't touch Joe Burrow, it's going to be very hard to win that kind of game if you're Pittsburgh. Ike, I'll go to you before we go to Pac-Man Jones, just to keep it even. I'm sorry to keep you waiting, Pac-Man, but Ike, we talked about it some on our show this morning. We're licking our wounds this Monday morning following a loss to a Bengals team. The Bengals hadn't gone into Heinz Field and won by double digits since 1995, and the offensive struggles were on full display Sunday. But what did you see, Ike? Man, I'm seeing a good Cincinnati defense. I know we talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, in the sacks and all, but last year was last year. Pittsburgh still started off hot with T.J. Watt, but T.J. Watt wound up getting hurt with his groin injury. So if you look at the Cincinnati Bengals stats, really the points allowed, they're the number one in the division in the FC North, you know? Then it comes then it comes the Browns, then it comes uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, then it comes the Baltimore Raiders. 
So if you want to talk about something and winning championships and at least giving Joe Burrow a chance, you got to talk about defense. Well, I know what Joe Mixon can do when he's running with a full with, with a full gas tank. You see what uh, Jamar Chase does as a rookie and what he's doing. You can see the relationship. And people forget about T. Higgins. And people also forget about you got to have a dog in that slot. And they got yeah. Tyler Boyd in their slot. So if you look at the three receivers they got on offense, they got some studs at that, at that three receivers, not only at the running back, but also at that quarterback position. It's just, man, they're not a, they, they're not getting enough recognition right now at that at that defense, on that defensive <laughs> side. You know, leading the AFC North, which you would think the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Baltimore Ravens would be in points allowed, would be one of the two. But now, right now, we're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals and what they're doing on defense. Adam, hop in here. What, what are we missing? Victory Monday! Oh, my God. <laughs> Victory Monday! It ain't happening God knows when. The Bengals come in and beat the hell out of the Steelers. Yes! Yes! You knew, you knew he was going to come live now. He's going to come I'm in. Mark saying Thank for you. Thank you. I, I, you guys said it all for me. I don't even need to say nothing else. The defense is playing oh. really good right now. And we always talking about Pittsburgh defense. In the division, every time, as long as I've been playing in this division, we always talk about how they get pressure on the quarterback, how they do this, how they do different stunts, how, how they play cover two, how they play in different zones. But this week, I want to take my hats off, even though they was missing a lot of guys. But this still is the National Football League. Everybody's getting paid. So yeah. at the end of the day, um, it was a hell of a game as far as defense-wise up front. I want to get a game ball to the defensive line and the offensive line. It's the first time I've watched the game in the last three years that the quarterback didn't get sacked. Ah, yeah. We and it's a, yeah. one of the first times, too, Adam, where the, the Bengals really controlled the fight and won at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Yeah. I don't know when the last time I've been able to say that when they're taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. This guy, Larry Ogunjobi, came over from the Cleveland Browns. He was the most dominant lineman on the field for either team. He was wrecking shot on the Pittsburgh Steelers running game, and he was still able to get pressure on Big Ben. Um, and the Bengals came away with four sacks. How do you get Logan Wilson getting two interceptions, a linebacker getting two picks off Big Ben? And uh, But when I, when I really looked at it, man, I was shocked. And, and Ike, maybe you can help me with this. How did the Steelers receivers drop 10 passes in the game? 10, bro. 10. So it's a it's a it's a carryover from last year. You know, you get that carryover from last year. Now you're gonna have a game or two, and hopefully this this will be a game, and it's gonna be another game where you have a receiving core and it just it's just not day day. But like you said, just 10 drops, just Ooh. 10 drops out the uh out of a game is not good as a, as a whole when it comes down to the wide receiver crew. So that's how I look at it. And you're not helping your quarterback out. You're not helping your your uh, your offense out. But at the same time, see, we keep forgetting, man. And Pat, man, Jones, you know this just as well. This is you too, Solo. Man, in order to have a good defense, you got to have some kind of run game. Yeah. Oh, Them yeah. two is like a marriage. Yeah. It goes hand in hand. So if you look at a Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon down there had 100 yards. He had 90. And y'all playing good defense. If you look at what the Pittsburgh Steelers was doing, you're just looking at seventh throwing the ball, attempting the ball 58 times. You ain't going to do nothing with your wide receivers, and you're going to hurt your defense because they're on the field too long. So all the teams who are winning right now, they just find a way to have a good balance between that running game and the good defense, which leads to open-ups to the passing game. And you can see it's, 
every team that have a good running game are winning. Uh, I think that's the problem with with Kansas City right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, we I said we, know, hey, Pat, and man, me and Mark talked about that earlier. You got to run the ball. No way you can right get now, back out there. Stop the run. Right. And, and and that's the problem right there. You know what I mean? That's why they can't win. I got another yeah. one, guys. I got another one. I'm sorry, Mark. Got another. One. Cause I be, I believe in Ben. I, I really do. Is he aging? Yeah. You know, he's six months away from his 40th birthday. And I've always said that as these quarterbacks get older, man, they need a team around them. You remember John Elway early in his career? He was a bad dude. He went to the Super Bowl three times, lost every last one of them. Then he gets older. The team around him got better. He had TD. He had a defense that was bringing it. And then he wins. He goes out winning two in a row. He was a better player at the beginning of his career. And Ben is at the phase of his career because I know everybody around Pittsburgh is being done. You know they're ready to throw dirt on our boy Ben right now. Well, ben can still play. I don't know right? about that, Solomon. Hey, no, no, here's know. the deal. Hey, hey, I saw him miss a guy wide open yesterday. I, I seen him. He, he missed a couple. <laughs> but he, he, he can, got can, he 10 can, drops. Can he control drops. the game? I, I think he can control the game. Is he the I same Ben? No, he's not. He's definitely not the same Ben. Attitude-wise, spunk-wise, It's what Ike was talking about. He need, they need the running game. They need the defense to get picks to put him on a short. They need all of those things working around Ben. Solo, Solo, they 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 got a defense. And oh, you can't have yesterday they, they did not. They, 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 <laughs> Solo, they, 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 they got a defense and they've been having a defense for like three years now. And with this free agency going on, it's hard to have a good defense like Pittsburgh. I agree. Team. I agree. I agree. So, I agree. but but you but Ben has to want to run the ball. Ben See, John Elway thought he can do it by John Elway thought he can do it by himself by passing the ball. Once he found him offensive coordinator, said, "No, you gotta, you have to hand. I'm not gonna ask you if you want to hand the ball off. You gotta hand the ball off to TD. Once he start handing the ball off to TD, what you got going on? You got a Steve Atwaters and company. Now them boys coming downhill and they sleeping people. The same way with Seven. I'm not about to ask Seven to hand the ball. I'm not about to ask him if you want to hand the ball off. I'm telling Seven, you handing the ball off, and we all know." The only way to a young offensive line who haven't been playing for a long time is to run the ball, to put their weight on somebody. That, that, that's what it is. You get these guys and you start you start trying to get them to open up in space and, and hey, pass it, everybody going to wind up. Hey, Ike, are you, what you telling me <laughs> that this, everybody in Pittsburgh want to run the ball except being step number seven? And I'm, a t I'm just saying this. Oh, yeah, you I, can't, I, you yeah. can't run it out of shotgun, bro. You got to put that's the quarterback what, under center and go to every work. time. Every time that's, Pittsburgh, as long as Pittsburgh been good, they've always had a good running game. That's right. Okay. That's I don't. I wouldn't real. understand. I I don't understand why would they go away from the formula that's been working for so many years. I you said it this morning on our show of put Big Ben under center, line up in the I formation, put Harris behind. Go. Uh, behind Derek Watt in the backfield and let's establish the ground game. And Adam, you're trying to break my heart a little bit here saying that this game was won in the trenches, but you're exactly right because you look at Joe Burrow, not sacked in this game and the Steelers entered this game, 75 consecutive games with the sack and they didn't have one on Sunday. The game was won in the trenches on Sunday, fellas. Big time one in the trenches. First thing when you go in the team meeting room, your coaches give you four or five things that you can – that can happen during the game that's going to give you the best chances of winning. The fucking first one is don't get the quarterback set. That's number one. Number two is play physical up front. 
Number three, we got to run the ball. If we don't be able to run the ball, it's going to be a longer game. And on Sunday, the Bengals got to do all three of those. That's why yeah. we had three Monday this week. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying um, that Ben is not going to fix it. But from the from the last two performances I've seen him perform in, I don't know if he got the attitude that he wants to fix it. And um, me personally, you know, I love Big Ben. He's going to always be one of the greats. And, and, but sure. it might be almost time for you know what I mean to look at look look up for some more guys. Oh, it's I, almost time. I, I was saying yesterday <laughs> driving home, I'm like, they need to call Cam. Great fit for Pittsburgh. They physical. They need to mm. run the ball. It's gonna be cold as you know what there. And um, just a little hypothesis, but don't do that because I, I like I like beating Pittsburgh. But. <laughs> I, I, I listen. I I think what Ike said on the show, you guys show this morning. We've been talking about that all off season. Um. You've got to put the quarterback under center if you really have the intent to run the ball and get physical with your opponent and to win the line of scrimmage. You got to put him under center because if you think you're going to put him in shotgun and then just hand the hand the ball to the runner and think that the defenders at the second level of the defense, that's why ball handling is so important. It's meant to be used as a subterfuge for linebackers at the second level. You counter motion. People going this way, they're coming back the other way. But when the quarterback turns his back to the defense and he's doing this, remember Peyton Manning used to carry out every motion, every ball fake. Because you're trying to get defenders, you're trying to draw their eyes to the quarterback while this guy is running out the back door. So when you start handing off the ball and from shotgun, there is no subterfuge. You know, That's, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers know this. That's why I don't understand why they have not put Ben so on the center. So Salo, is it is it Matt Canada or do seven really won't go on the center? Oh, and you that's, know that's the they, they keep that's, changing coordinators, so you know who runs the show here. And that's my point. So I said this last year. First of all, I thought Ben should retire last year. Everybody got mad at me in Pittsburgh. They wanted to burn my house down. Is that Every, right? <laughs> yeah. So I said, yes, sir. And Mark, and Mark can attest to this. Mm-hmm. I said we need to move on from seven. And here's why we need to move on from seven. And this is no knock to the future Hall of Fame. You got a Lamar Jackson, you got a Baker Mayfield. Oh yeah. And you have Oro. I'm looking at the division. I'm looking at it from a general manager standpoint. So now that I have three young studs, I wind up getting me a guy now, I'm four years behind. Yeah. In experience. Now I'm four years behind experience. Then I look at the defense you have. If you got a defense like how Pittsburgh have a defense right now, you ain't got to lean on your offensive guy right now. You can groom him however you want to groom him. But the fact that we just keep riding with seven, and this is no knock to seven, but the fact that we keep, just keep riding with seven, if he don't want to change his ways, these going to be the, out, the, the outcomes every game. If every you don't want to change his way. And let me every. piggyback off this, Ike. I I've, I've did the research on this, and I'm going to keep banging this drum. You have to go back to week six of the 2020 season, the last game. The Steelers ran the ball more than they passed it. Big Ben in year 18, age 39 years old, if you have him throwing the ball 58 times in the game or 68 in the playoff loss to Cleveland, I don't care if you have Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, elite quarterback talent. It ain't a recipe for success. So these coaches, they're leaning on these quarterbacks, man, saying, go win me the game. But these quarterbacks can't do that. I mean, 
listen, you we all watched the Super Bowl and we all believe in Patrick Mahomes, but if the offensive line ain't protecting him, what what good can he do? Can he really bring you home? Not when that defense is bringing that heat. Well, see, I'm, when, when see, the I'm defense not gonna keep. I'm not gonna keep blaming the offensive line like. Tom oh, no. he been winning. He be winning. I'm just talking about the team around the quarterback. I'm talking about okay. different so, levels. So that's so what I'm, I'm, I'm Solo, Solo, I'm looking at it like this, Solo. Tom Brady got seven rings. He the only one that figured it out. I'm gonna hand he the ball off. We're gonna do play, we're gonna do play action pass. I'm gonna hand the ball off. We're gonna do play action pass. I'm gonna hand the ball off, do a play action pass. The one that they won in Atlanta, and I was there in person. I saw them outrun. They came back off of running the ball in Atlanta from 27 to 3 running the ball. So I said, man, this dude, Tom Brady, really got to figure it out. We never talked about no pro bowlers on Tom Brady offensive line. We never talked about how depleted the, the, the offensive line was. But Tom Tom Brady got it. I'm going to hand the ball off. I'm going to get this play action pass going. I'm going to find Grunk. And when I need to take my shots down the field deep, I will. Okay. That's <laughs> a lot to unpack from yesterday's game. And it's the first of two matchups in the AFC North. So I know one thing, and towards the end of the show, we'll bring this up. We're going to have to do this again when oh, the yeah. two teams play again in November. November 28th, I've already got it marked on my calendar just because for a while there, I struggled to get in to get in anything to say and to be able to contribute to this conversation and everything <laughs> too. But uh, I, I tell you what, Pittsburgh came into this game as a three-point favorite, and we do have to put the caveat of all of the injuries that they have. Adam, I thought you brought up a great point, though. This is the NFL, and it's I know next man up is a common slogan you hear week in and week out, but you know to be without a T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, you have two injuries along the offensive line to Kendrick Green and uh, Chooks Okorafor. Juju Smith-Schuster gets knocked out. Towards the end of the game, I thought the Steelers' offense became very predictable because they didn't have the personnel they normally have on the field with Juju. Deontay Johnson, the receiver, did not play on Sunday either. So they kept lining up in the same formations. And, like, if I'm noticing that as a casual viewer, I can't even imagine what it's like from each of your three standpoints having played in the league for several years, each of you, let alone if you're a defensive player or coordinator from the Bengals standpoint, because to me, what the Steelers were doing offensively was extremely predictable. Um, I agree with you. Um, and after a while doing, you can, you can go back and look at them plays on the sideline and get a couple little, little keys of, of what's going on. But I know we keep talking about what the Steelers didn't do and what the Steelers did do. Let's talk about what the Bengals did. They played the best game they've played up under the coach, uh, under coach in the, since I've been here. Um, I told him uh, last year, if he beat the Steelers, I think he should stay. He beat wow. the Steelers this week. He's definitely going to stay. Um, so was this your litmus test, Adam, with, with think, this game? I think if it didn't go this way these first three, four games, I don't know if we, we, we would be sitting here patting him on his back like this. But obviously he got the guys in there for his system. You can tell now. The guys believe in what they're doing. They seem like they know what the hell they're doing. The last two years, you could tell we didn't have the personnel to fit the scheme that they was doing. Um, so they did right. Sometimes you just got to clear out the whole house. They cleared out the whole house, bringing some younger guys that's used to playing in this uh, this three four defense, and, and got them all on the same page. You know what I mean? So I, I just want to give my my kudos to, to to the Bengals because they they did a, a hell of a job, and they did a great job with the coaching staff. I'm always on all of the coaches mm -hmm. over there. Um, they deserve a game ball too, because it's not regardless of who y'all was missing. It's a hard place to go and win in Pittsburgh. There's no doubt.
You know, Dick LeBeau used to tell us when I first came to Cincinnati out of college, he was our defensive coordinator here in Cincinnati. I later went and played for him in Pittsburgh. But I remember when he would talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers because at those times during the late 80s, we were beating Pittsburgh with regularity. But he always told us, he said, I don't care what record this team has, they're going to always bring it. He said, you're going to always have to get in the whirlpool when you play the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he was right. Yeah. 100%. With that said, you've got to be impressed anytime any team wins the physical battle in the trenches when you're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. When Frank Pollock came back as the offensive line coach for this year, and Adam and I have talked about this, we knew the Bengals were on for something. I said, they're, they're going to become more physical at the point of attack on offense. Watch and see. And that's why you see the way that Joe Mixon was running downhill, man. He was running over his pads. He was bringing it and taking it to the defenders. He really was. That really helped stimulate the entire offense because now they got play action going. They're, they're putting the defense uh, or the linebackers in a state of flux. And then when it's time for them to take their shots, quarterback operating under center, right? Man, that ball he threw to Jamar Chase, I, I don't know how he caught it. He caught the back end of the ball, but he went and got it. But it really does start for the Bengals with uh, the return of a guy like a Frank Pollock on offense um, and on their offensive line, because I think he's brought with him a great mentality. I thought that's what Mike Munchak gave the Pittsburgh Steelers when he was yeah. there. He gave yeah. them this mindset yeah. that, yeah. He, look, we bringing it. And, and, and Russ Absolutely. We had Mike Munchak, a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Offensive, line coaches, offensive line coaches are very important to football teams. Very. People very. don't know this, but players know. Players know with yeah. certain guys, man, they give an offensive line and therefore the offense and the team a certain identity that reeks of toughness. And that goes all the way back to what Dick LeBeau was telling us about the Steelers and that's one of the things we can't say. But the fact that I, I'm with Adam, we really should be looking at what the what the Bengals are doing now that helped them to win this game. Because I think their identity is changing before our very eyes. And that's keeping the pocket clean. You know, yeah. when you keep the pocket clean, because the reason why Joe Burrow definitely last year led the league in getting sacks. You know, he, he that's that's one he of the reasons why he got hurt. <laughs> yeah. You know, he was getting sacked damn near four times a game. You bring in a Hall of Fame, you bring in a Hall of Fame offensive line coach. And I played it, I played under two Hall of Fame offensive line coaches and Russ Graham, who was once a part of the Hogs back with with with, with, with uh Art Monk and company with the Washington Redskins at the time. Then I had a Mike Munchak. Man, we 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 just never slipped off when it came down to the mindset and the physicality on the offensive side. But hell, that offensive side is just as important as that defensive side when you want to talk about the trenches. Because if you got offensive dogs and y'all fighting each other in training camp on a defensive line, it ain't going to do nothing but make everybody else better throughout the whole team. And yes, Solo, I do agree. It's a lot of people who don't understand how important the offensive line coach is because you are your coach's personality. And yeah. I've learned that from Coach LeBeau. Yeah, if, you, if, you're, if your coach have a, have a finesse personality, your team is going to be finesse. If your coach have a dog personality, your team is going to be a dog. And that's just what it is. That is what it is. You're right. 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 <laughs> right. And I think the Bengals are already getting a return on their investment with the first round pick of Jamar Chase. He has four touchdowns through this young season. He had two on Sunday. 
all the other rookie receivers combined only have three. So I know that's been a huge debate in the Bengals world is do you, should they have drafted Panay Sewell out of Oregon instead? But the way the connection that Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase has reminds me a lot of stealing the blueprint of what Justin Jefferson did for the Vikings as a rookie in 2020. Well, you just get a swap. You get a swap for a swap. So you don't get Panay, and we all know Panay in Detroit is a damn dog. We saw he's him. A dog. He's a dog. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dog. We, we know for sure he's a damn dog. So yeah. now you just get a dog coach. So and here, I'll, and I'm going to share this with Since the beginning of football, uh-huh. touchdowns follow blocking. Never been the other way around. Because we've knocking people off the ball, dude. We can, we'll get some people open, and we'll get some people into the end zone. But I could tell you right now, nobody's going to, like, quibble over the selection of a Jamar Chase. <laughs> He's just not going to do it. He too cold. We all knew it. We saw him at LSU. He He's just too good of a player. Um, I wanted them to take the lineman. But I said, there ain't no way in my right mind I'm going to criticize the Bengals for taking Jamar Chase. He's just too good. So I, I think it was a win-win move either way. Yeah, yeah. Solo, you got to understand too, Solo, this is the new wave. Like you, you get these young quarterbacks and you get some guys who they didn't play with in high school and they got first or second round grades. And you got opportunity to get them, man. They ain't nothing but a good marriage going on. You know what I'm saying? If you look at Jalen Hurts, then you look at Devontae Smith with the Philadelphia Eagles. There you go. If you look at the the young stud over there with the the first round, who's the first round quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. So you get Trevor Lawrence, then you get the running back to go along with him. Then you get a Joe Burrow, who is already a year ahead of Jamar Chase. Now he got some experience. So now he can show Jamar Chase how to be a professional in the NFL. And there you go. But don't forget, I know we're talking about Jamar Chase, but T. Higgins is no slouch. And Tyler Boyd is no slouch. I was so just to be honest with you. We got flavor, yeah, whatever flavor. Yeah, y'all got y'all got some flavor over there. As a as a, as a DB, you know, like you got a, a guy that's flying fast. Correct. A guy that's a big body that can run routes and that can get open. That's a dog. And you got a little guy in the slot that a pit bull. Oh yeah. Tyler Boyd is that dude now. And then you got a Prince of Canarian in the backfield. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like. Come on, man. And I'm I'm not just saying that. I know it's early in the season. Oh man. If they can stay healthy and build on what they got right now, mm-hmm. because I don't care what nobody say, bro. If, if you go in Pittsburgh and win in Pittsburgh, regardless, if that's saying something. So. You can go a lot of other places and win. That's right. Because the culture of the football in Pittsburgh is way different than any other culture when it comes to certain teams. So you know so I mean? are we are we believing that the Steelers are done? No, like after what you saw yesterday, I mean, is anybody? Hey, I I'm know what they say around. Out you know what they say on the airwaves in Pittsburgh, man. I don't already read the articles this morning. Right now in Pittsburgh, they throwing dirt on Ben. He's done. He shouldn't have came back. He's oh, it's over. That's what most people in Pittsburgh are saying right now. Well, I mean, to your point, Salo, um, they had a reporter say this offseason that Ben will Ben will get replaced during the season. And Ben, Ben and company is going to, to the Green Bay Packers this Sunday. This week, that's right. Yeah, and that's that's not going to be a good bounce back game. You know what I'm saying? So we shall see what Coach Tomlin and company do or want to do when it comes down to the performance of Big Ben. But man, they're not going to replace Big Ben. Man, they're gonna they they're gonna live and die by seven regardless. 
on how good or bad he played. Now, if it just so happened to have a mysterious injury, stay tuned. <laughs> Come on over stay here. Say, stand next to me. When he missed stay James tuned. Washington going down that sideline yesterday, I did like this. I said, you know, you don't get to miss those, right? I don't care who you are. Like, you can have Hall of Fame. They could be over there chiseling your name on making the jacket. But when you miss those, man, no. That's the one that Mike Tomlin is paying attention to. Is he's taking a look at the tape? There's going to be a lot of drops on that tape, by the way. Right, you know, right, the, right. the Pittsburgh Steelers finished the game with three straight drops on offense. Correct. Right. Right. When he see that one, he's like Ben. You got to make that throw, and even Ben knows he's got to make that throw because when quarterback miss those, you lose. You tend to lose games. And you, uh, that was the chance for them to get back in. Too. Oh, absolutely. You definitely tend to lose confidence. So everybody around. Everybody know we know who Ben is and who he was, but don't think he's not thinking about this in the back of his head, also. Solomon, right, can we switch opponents in week four? We can take on the Jaguars, and then you guys can go to Lambeau and take on the Packers. Can we do ain't, that? Ain't nobody, <laughs> nobody scared of Green Bay. And see, y'all surprised me. Y'all Steeler people, man. I've what I've always admired about people in the Steel City, man, they got hawk. They ain't scared right. of nobody. Right. Right. And now right. he want to give us the Green Bay Packers, Pat. You see that? They <laughs> want to size that, that's something. That's saying something, baby. We, we'll go Culture is there. changing over here now. We'll that's go here, up in there. That's you right. Ready, we, Mark, let's go. All comers. It's all right. We got to do what we got to do. We ain't, I, I think it's I don't even. I personally I, think it's harder to win in, in Pittsburgh than it is in Green Bay. I don't, I can't believe what I'm hearing. Steeler people afraid to go up in Lambeau to play the Green Bay Pack. No, it's it's it's. I mean, how, how they how they playing, bro? It's 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 gonna be tough. But I tell you this: when we play, we won't scare, we won't scare nobody. When I was back there from 03 to 2014, man, we felt sorry for a lot of people. We did play like it's not about to be a good day for y'all. I'm that's sorry. What I, that's all. Yeah. That's all I've ever known about Pittsburgh. Yeah. That's but, all. But we we yeah. felt like Stalo. Because we knew we had a running game as well. When you have Jerome Bettis, Dustanis, yeah, Willie, Willie, right. uh, Willie Parker, Nice Davenport. When you when we, when you got a nice little running game, and you know they can bleed the clock a little bit, and you can just fly around and you getting these three and outs, you able to right. do that. Right now, Pittsburgh can't say that right now, dog. <laughs> they can't say we about to bleed the clock and just have good defense all the time. So that's why people are so skeptical right now going to Green Bay. Man, it, times are changing in Pittsburgh. Y'all don't 100%. even- 100%. I, I can't believe what I'm hearing. Yeah, I can't believe, believe what I'm hearing. Tell me. They, they don't went to a finesse over there, look like to me. And you know, they always- From, from your eye from, test, from, Pat, man, that's what you see? From, from my audience. Right. And you know, I've played against y'all the last 10, 11 years. From your eye test, dog. Bro, y'all, we always say, hey, damn, man, we got to go play Pittsburgh. Better bring two chin scraps. That's right. That's right, right now? <laughs> right now, we only need one chin strap. <laughs> it's a one chin strap it's game a one chin strap game. <laughs> Ike, you wow. always say bring it's your big dinky, boy pads. It's, it's that dinky dunk game now, you know what I mean? Oh, Houston, man. Oh, my, I'm going to have to have 15 tackles for us to win this game. I know they're going to run the ball. Hey, man. That ain't right. It ain't right, Ike. It ain't right. Hey. Hey, times you know, turn it, and I, I, you know we just said you are your coach's personality. We just Mike, said that. see Mike T's got the personality of a dog. You know that Mike Mike T got that personality. Now we need some other we need some other people with that personality. It's not permeating 
through there in a way that it used to. You see what I'm saying? Now, I just told you, Frank, I felt like the Bengals needed that. And then they bring over Frank Pollock as the offensive line coach. I said, okay. This offseason, everybody around town knew what that was going to do for the Bengals. And those are the kind of – I just believe if, if you're coaching in this league, you gotta you got to have the cupboard full of those kind of teachers in the building. And you got to be able to point to guys – that give your team that kind of personality. No, offense and defensive line. Cause you, you know, Coach John Mitchell, I don't know if people know Coach John Mitchell. He was oh, the yeah. first black oh, yeah. college coach for the, for the great Bear Bryant in Alabama. You know That's what I'm right. saying? Yeah. Coach, coach John Mitchell, defensive lineman. He made sure his D-line knew what the linebackers were doing, the corners and the safeties was doing. That's and right. it had to be technicians. So the fact, and I got to look up this stat since you brought it up, Salo. The fact that I wonder what's their record since Mike Munchak have, have left. I wonder what their record is, the Pittsburgh Steelers' record is, since the, since the Hall of Fame. Matter of fact, the Hall of Fame coach went to Denver. He went, he went to, to Denver, Denver to be the yeah. offensive line coach. Oh yeah. So I, oh, yeah. I, I want to see. I want to see what their record is after he left. That's a certain, good. That's a good. Certain story. guys like Munchak ain't gonna let you get away from the run game. Right. Correct. He'll walk right. over there to the guy with that Friend play calling sheet and say, yeah. "Hey man, you you need to let my boys eat because right yeah. now they teeing off on us and we need to tee off on them." Correct. That's what the great offensive line coach do. He ain't gonna let that guy get away from the run game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's damn fist fights. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. They, 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 they some bar fight guys. Coach Russ oh, Griff yeah. was oh, a bar yeah. fight guy. Coach Mike Munchak was a bar fight guy. Them boys ain't care what the temperature was or where it was at in the world. Hey. If they ain't like what you was doing, one they was gonna tell you how it was. Two, we can step outside if you need that, to. They'll yeah. take you out back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nick, I'm going to steal a line you have here. Solomon right now is talking my turkey. And when we talk and do this special cross show again, two months from now, I hope we're having a different conversation. I know you are. <laughs> I, I think I get the win either way. I played for both teams and enjoyed every minute of it. Thanks, guys. Hey, Pat, man, Pat, man I'm going to keep it 100 with you, Pat, man. You should have been one of us, though. <laughs> Pat, you could have did that. Pat, man, I appreciate it, man. Pat, I, man I, I, I play hard. Talk a little bit, you know? You should have you you had you you was our personality. You was our yeah, and I oh, remember watching you from West Virginia too. Dog like this little dude a damn dog right here. No this doubt. Dude, bite on everything. Yeah. Everything. Hey man, no I love plays against y'all too, man. Uh, it was good. It was good, bro. All right, guys. It's been great. Mark, thanks for uh hosting us. And uh, who would have ever thought we could have a podcast between Pittsburgh Steelers and Cincinnati Bengals? But here right. we are. Technology right. has allowed us to do that. It's cool, yes, sir. Hey, Pat, man, hopefully we can do this again, man. I had a great time with y'all. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Good Mark, stuff. Mark, I appreciate it, bro. Of course, all part of the Believe Podcast Network family. For Solomon Wilcox, Adam Pacman Jones, Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Tune in to both of our shows, Believe in Bengals and Believe in Steelers podcast. We'll see you next time. Take care and so long, everyone. Peace. Yes, sir. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.